What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. Welcome back. Um, let me know if if, if you hear crazy noises because I have my window open. We actually have some nice weather in Miami today. Sound like my spot with the planes flying by. Yeah. Well, I do have an airport close by. Oh, okay. For my sake, can we not talk about weather? Especially, yeah, both of you motherfuckers. It's like 65 degrees. Something like that. We're just going to keep talking. Nice. See, I got a, I got a hoodie on, which we never get to rock (laughs) in Miami. Thanks, guys. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah, it's real nice. So how we how we doing, y'all? We're doing so good, I, man. Well, I have a breakthrough in in, in my uh, fatherhood story. So we finally I uh, made room. Well, took everything out of the room that is supposed to be for the baby. That was my DJ slash you know studio room. Mm-hmm. Got everything out of there because I got a a space down the street and. Yeah, last night was the second night that she slept in that room, and you know, and we moved everything out of our room, mostly everything, into her room. And I'll tell you right now, it's amazing. Hmm. Amazing. Did she sleep? Whole night. She slept through. Yeah, I mean, look, props to my girl because she's she's really the one that that takes on the night duty, right? You know, um, so she still, you know, if she hears something, she'll get up. She has. We still have the monitor, and she'll she'll get up. She's like a firefighter. She hears anything, she jumps up, runs to the room. Um, but yeah, she sleeps pretty. She she sleeps a good solid maybe four or five hours. Solid. Then might get up because you know maybe you need to change a diaper, and then you know something like that. She yeah. didn't seem to have a problem though being in the in in the room by herself or any of that thought, kind of stuff. I thought she might, but nah, nah. Uh, I I. We had a my father and his wife. Uh, they gifted us a, a crib, right? That I I built over the weekend. Me and my girl built it, and it's a big wooden crib. And then we put like a. She's been sleeping in the bassinet, but one of those like pillows that kind of comfort her. Yeah. Yeah. And we we just ordered one that's larger because she already outgrew it. But we put that pillow in the crib, so she still felt the same, you know, at least snug the same way, and it wasn't completely foreign where she's like in this big old like bed because it's still pretty big but no she she slept through what's your process so do you just i'm assuming you you carry her for a little while put her to sleep on one of you and then you place her wherever she's gonna lay the rest of the time or do you just throw her in the bed no 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 i i wish it's very rare that she falls asleep on her own right but usually the night the night um the way it goes down at night is that my girl usually will feed her and then and then put her to sleep. And that's usually her, you know, like around 
9, 10 the latest. 9 is usually the time. From that point on, she's like sleeping, you know, the, the, the long stretch that she does. And then she'll wake up like one time, maybe. I mean, my girl could probably speak better than this because I'm, I'm not the one that wakes up. But she'll maybe wake up like around, I don't know, 3 or 4 in the morning, somewhere around there. Maybe 3 in the morning. And then she'll wake up again for like a feeding around 5 or 6. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but and then my girl says that I'm the one that has the magic touch in, ter- in terms of putting her to sleep quickly because, well, not. Yeah. A little quicker than my girl. I mean, my girl has the magic touch with that, the that Bacardi, that Bacardi you put in the bottle. Man. <laughs> nah, I, I just be, be, you know, like the way I hold her. I, I don't know if it's if it's hormonal where the baby senses the breast and wants to like automatically feed. And that's what she looks for in terms of my girl. And then with me, she knows she doesn't have that. So it's like I just hold her tight, you know, and it's different arms, obviously. And then I, I just have my little thing that I pat her and then I sometimes I even sing to her. And like, it's funny because I'll start like singing or humming and she like just looks up and like gives me like a little grin like, ah, OK. Like, that, that shit or <laughs> like, oh, I'm, I'm no, 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 no. And then like puts her in a trance, you know. So what kind of songs? So why don't you uh, say I'm, us? I freestyle, dude. All right, I hear I'll, it. I'll, no, 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 I ain't fucking singing for you. Let me find out you were a vocalist, E. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I get my auto-tunes out. Nah. <laughs> Basically, what I do is I adapt rhythms of, like, mostly 80s pop hits and just throw my, my daughter's name in there and and add daddy and mommy and love you. But it's the, the rhythm is, is some 80s pop hit. <laughs> or it's like a Christmas carol or, you know, like, stupid songs. Like <laughs> As long as it works. It's dope. Like party all the time. I do all the time. Like, Emmy, <laughs> Emmy all the time. Emmy. <laughs> Actually, I, I, that was a party. Party all the time was mine. Was one of mine too. That, but it was uh, potty all the time. So when we were doing the potty training, it was. That's awesome. Yes. And then he started. He started singing that too. My joint. Actually, now we're talking about it. My joint is continues to be um, "Good Night, Sweetheart." That's. I don't remember who sings it, but it's like. Good night, sweetheart. Yeah, all oh, the fifty, like the doo song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doo joint, and my kids love it. But I don't remix nothing. I just sing the hook over and over and over. Uh, <laughs> I completely. And sometimes I don't know. I don't know what to say. So it's like, if you, if any normal person's listening, they're like, this makes no sense what you're right. saying. You know, like, but I mean, it's funny, man. My girl sometimes records it because it's 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 a trip. Yeah, we should put one put one at the end of the podcast, man. Come on. Yeah, what's up? She catches me. I mean, well, I'll see what, she, what she's cut so far. Um, so I was uh, trying to figure out. Well, first of all, a quick update. Um, you know how I'm having the the PP issues with the diapers over overloading, right? I thought you were having a PP issue. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. I'm like, bro, get that checked out. Are you burning? <laughs> I'm burning. So I had to buy a fresh new pair of underwear because uh, it wasn't working out. No. Um, hey. So so we were using Huggies. And, right. and I had spoken to, to one of my old coworkers. And she was like, and I think we might have talked about this. Getting a size bigger helped her, is what she told me, uh, with her kid. So we tried that for a while. Still kind of the same uh, as far as you know, over overflow. Then we switched to a cost, the Costco brand, the Kirkland brand. Uh recently and like i don't know in a week where we might have got two dry days when she woke up we now get about five so 
I believe the Kirkland brand, for whatever reason, and it's her normal size. These is, are underwears? No, nah, nah, like pull-ups? These are, are pull-ups. Well, no, pull-ups, actually yeah. regular diapers, not pull-ups. Okay, okay. Shout uh, out to Kirkland. Word. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Kirkland. Kirkland's all right, man. Kirkland got it going on. Yo, my, I mean, everything I buy that's Kirkland tends to work out really well. So Yo, Kirkland, man, we, we you know, you can sponsor us, Kit. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come out to Washington State and everything. And <laughs> Costco, like, what up? Do a Costco podcast. What's up? Yeah. We'll do live. a podcast live in the live, yo, live be, at Costco. <laughs> yo, that might be ill. Like next to all like the baby stuff. <laughs> oh. yeah, um, real quick, based on what you're saying, uh, my girl, she got onto this whole thing with getting. I didn't even know that they had these diapers, but nighttime diapers. Mm. So she says she's noticed that our daughter won't wake up. Um, uh, I don't want to say as frequently, but won't wake up as yeah, quickly. It soaks, soaks it all up. Yeah, and, and so she'll sleep for a longer stretch wearing those diapers. So my girl actually went out, I think, yesterday and bought those diapers specifically. Mm. <clears throat> I, I think we tried them once upon a time. I can't remember exactly, but it didn't really pan out for us. Like I said, I, you know, I, I honestly think my daughter is just like a phenom. She's an Olympic peer. Like That's the only thing I can really chalk it up to because not a lot of parents really like agree or necessarily share the same experience that i'm what are you are you making her drink two gallons of, of water a day or something you know you know what i think it is <laughs> so my daughter's she's gonna be three in a couple months she's she, still breastfeeding right nah, 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 oh no no nah, but she's still oh, drinks, you know there's people that that nah, they'll until, go on to like teens till seven eight years old okay <laughs> right. hey bro you know whatever <laughs> um so so she, she drinks we still give her milk Right, and she's drinking that right before she goes to sleep every single time. Oh, there it is. So that's that's what we're thinking. So we're trying to eliminate that from the routine in order to, you know, try to try to get through the night without that problem. But it's got to be that. At this stage of the game, that's the only thing we can think of. And do you ha- do you have the issue of when you're changing her diaper, she pees also? Like once the diaper's off? Nah, I mean I, really I- early. Like, my daughter does that from time to time. Like around, you know, the the first six months or so, we would see that happen every so often. But, right. but not. the the funnest one, and this is something that my mother would share with me, like when I was a little kid, you know, boys because we have penises, like it just I don't know, it's more direct when when we pee versus the girl. Like the girl's like a little spout type of thing, and then the kid get long range action. So I would wet everybody. And then my son, when he would, when he would go at it, like it was like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, a fire hose. I think we just lost our Kirkland sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was record time. <laughs> I'm assuming you guys have have you gotten? Did you get the book? Now that I actually remember what it, the name of it and the author and the title. No. Or did you forward to your significant about others? The potty yet? training one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I forwarded it to Karina. Somebody, who who was I talking to? Oh, Paul, a.k.a. Weird Thoughts, a.k.a. Drink Champ Sports. He says he has a gripe to pick with you about that book. Oh, for he's real? like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> he's, he's like, I won't be polite, but I'm going to have to say, get the fuck out of here with that book. That shit is bullshit. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. believe it. He could have saved himself a lot of money, man. Five kids. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> real kid. <laughs> Yeah, I tell, mean, tell, we'll, tell Paul we'll have that combo. Shortly. Yeah, we're gonna. Ha- I told him we're gonna have him. On. <laughs> we should have him maybe next week if we want. I don't know. Yeah, I'm down. That'd be fun. I told him he'd be a family guest from the beginning. 
<laughs> he yeah, he's coming with some fire. He, yeah. we, he and I spoke real quick and he was like, Yeah, I'm not holding back. I'm gonna keep it a hundred. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot like right now he's going through it with his the the youngest of the first three uh daughters. Mm. He has another daughter and a son um from his other girl. But uh the youngest of the three has a boyfriend and I don't think told him. Like just got like a boyfriend. She's like I think she's fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. So um so he he was telling me that there's there's been some tension there, and then the other daughters chimed in because he was mean to her about it because he was upset that she didn't divulge the information that she had a boyfriend he had to find out or found out later, to, and so the other ones are like you got mad at us too, blah blah blah, and like he's just going through it with that. So yeah, he could bring that to the table, having teenage daughters. Well, I mean, you has your the oldest have a boyfriend stuff yet or not yet? Who who are you talking to? You, Manny, you I, fucking you fucking crazy? <laughs> Fuck Who else no. am I talking to? <laughs> it's coming. It's coming, man. She's Yo, 11, right? She's 11. Yeah, she's 11. Yeah. Chill, son. Don't be wishing that on me right now. I mean, has she expressed any interest in, in boys at all? Nah. She just she just plays ball with them and whoops okay. their ass. Like, that's the only... That's She's kind of tom tomboyish in that regard. Like, she, she finds girls to be kind of boring because, like, they just sit in a cut. And, like, for instance, they'll go to a party. And then even at this age, they'll just sit in the corner looking at their cell phones and, like, chit-chat and, you know, gossip or whatever. And she's like, yo, we're here to party, right? Let's go dance. And then she'd be the only girl, like, really in the, in on the dance floor. And then everybody else is just, like, standing around. Mm. So she's kind of that's, – that's her only – not dancing, but just, like, playing sports in particular. That's right. her, like, where she interacts with guys yeah. in any other, you know – not not relationship. Well, God, I can't even talk about it. That's crazy, <laughs> man. Having a daughter. I mean, I don't know. What do you like? Kay, having a son. What do you do? You think it's the same worry of 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 him growing up and then having relationships? Obviously, I don't think um, it is for guys. To be quite honest, no, like, I, think I don't think it's, it's a girl. You're more, because we are guys and yeah. we know as guys how we thought and acted. So we're like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, this, they're going to encounter people who are like us back in the days, you know? Yeah, no, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's the, uh, the same at all. I think, um, when I'm thinking about having these conversations with him later on, it's more like don't guiding him pregnant? to, <laughs> <laughs> no, like basically guiding him to, you know, spend time with someone who's actually going to be nice to you as opposed to wasting your time with no gold diggers folks that you know girl girls that are going to be a pain in the ass or he has to you know they're going to be super moody and all that kind of stuff you know just like the stuff you go through when you're kind of trials and tribulations of no kikis moving around that way so (laughs) i I don't know i think with a girl it's totally totally different scenario although i find it weird like my, my son's in kindergarten and there's already bunch of girls always talking you know coming over and hugging him and saying they want to marry him and trying to hold his hand and, and this is kindergarten i see some of the the dads like when we're doing drop off they're or they're like, lining oh, up damn. yeah dads are pissed off they're He's looking around like, oh, that, yeah. that happens with my godson too like choco which you've met yeah he's same thing he has like little girls that are like oh this is my future husband or this is my boyfriend or stuff like that and you know it sounds cute now but right yeah when uh-huh. <laughs> my, so w- when you talk about like you know is it the same you know how you feel about your son versus your daughter when it comes to relationships same thing's happening to my son in kindergarten okay like he's he come his name comes out of the mouths of 
all the chick, all the girls in the classroom, and also all the boys. Like everyone in the classroom mentions him when they, they go back home. Like we've got, right. we were just at his school this week for they had like a they had this thing where the kids wrote like a story about a place they've been to, and then they made it to, into a like a little book, three page book. And they, you know, parents would come, the kids would read the book to you, and then they would autograph it for you. And it was kind of like a little, you know, book signing kind of session. So in that moment, like five different parents came to us. Oh, are you, are you his son, his, his dad? I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. My son's always talking. Oh, my daughter. And my wife was getting tight. She, every time the parent of a girl came up to her, Uh she was like, for real? Like, are you serious? And they like two days before she was at a party, like my son's first birthday party from from class, and at that place too, mad girls because it was a girl's birthday party, so mad other girls, the, their parents were coming to her and saying the same thing. So she was tight. So and I'm like, yo, what's the big deal? She's like, that's my son. You can't take him away. <laughs> like she felt like they were like taking him away. I oh, okay, like, I get it. Oh, yeah, I get it. Shit. I get it. So they feel they feel it. <clears throat> in a, I guess another way, yeah, right. What we were talking about with the girls, Sam, cuffing season starts early. <laughs> Apparently, who knew, man? <laughs> Jeez, man. I mean, who I always tell, I always tell the story like, uh, you know, I was in like first grade when I first like, you know, tongued down a girl. Whoa! And, and then my, you know, everybody I told to, they didn't believe me. And then the girl that she provoked me, it was kind of like. Uh, we were in the school bus and she just like grabbed my face and I was like, uh, all right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just feel her, her tongue kind of like a little fish in my mouth. And then she lived in a building next door. So she starts telling everybody on the block and I'm, and I'm telling my friends and they're not believing me. And I'm not really, it's not like I'm like, yo, I'm the man, son. I just kissed this chick. I was confused. I was just like, yo, yeah, first grade. That's, that's, that, what are you? Six yeah, or seven? Yeah, that's young. That's yo, young, man. Six. Yeah. Mad young. Yeah. No, I'm not, by no means am I condoning it. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, when we say, like, shit starts early, like, I remember yeah. it started pretty damn early for me. No, too. no, I, I remember other kids getting down in sixth grade because I remember that's when we had, like, our first that's like, sixth dance. Grade. Sixth that's, grade. No, yeah. Sixth grade. Man, he's talking first grade. I'm talking first Holy grade. Holy shit. I'm talking six <laughs> years old. Oh, never mind. I'm talking about sixth grade is when things started ah, going son, down. Sixth grade? Nah. nah. <laughs> Yeah. Damn, first grade. I don't know, man. No, what the hell are we thinking? I was just about? worried about the GI Joe with the Kung Fu grip, man. <laughs> what are you doing over there? <laughs> yeah, so she uh, broke me down, I guess, or or into the that world. All right, you need to talk to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know, bro. I might have to call Sife and get his his uh, shrink. Jeez, talk to Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might get him angry. Paul be like, yo, I was in preschool, yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We definitely got to talk to him next week, bro. Now no, it'll be funny. fresh on his mind. Like, we got to get him. Yeah, no, we do. We do. <laughs> Hopefully he divulges because I know it, it's something that hit him hard. Yeah. Uh, so we, we have a guest today uh, that I can see if he's available now. If you guys want to take that tour now. Let's do it. That's right. Cool. So, uh, so with us today we've got Juan Vidal. Uh, he is a new new author of his first published book, Rap Dad. But you might have seen some of this stuff on uh, NPR. 
Vibe Magazine, and a host of other publications out there on, in the world. Um, so, Juan, man, thank, thank you for joining us on Fatherhoods. And congratulations on the book, man. Yeah. Appreciate sure. it, guys. Uh, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, sure. writing, writing a book is not an easy task, so I definitely commend you on that one. Appreciate Barely it, get yeah. a haiku out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, yeah, it's a grind. <laughs> so, so, I mean, we, we kind of took a... Took a kind of a quick tour through through the book and you know there's a lot of you know you you have a lot there right and i know this is your first book and you kind of go through the different phases of your life and how fatherhood has impacted you can you kind of get into a little bit because for us you know we talk about fatherhood from a bunch of different perspectives because we've got kids of varying ages and numbers of kids uh that that differ how do you you know, as far as your own personal fatherhood story, you know, your own children, how's that dynamic currently for you? Yeah. So, um, I'm a father of uh, four actually. Um, so it is, uh, it's a grind. (laughs) It's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Uh, but it's a joy also, uh, I've been married for, um, next year will be 15 years. Um, so I got married pretty young. I'm actually 37. I got married, uh, you know, early twenties and had our first when I, when I was about 26, 27, something like that. Um, so yeah, there's six of us, man. So we got a, we got a wild and loud house. Um, my wife is actually out right now, so hopefully nobody runs down to the basement <laughs> with a bloody nose. Um, <laughs> cause that's how it be sometimes. Right. <laughs> hey, hey Juan. So, so from reading your book, you've got, is it, it's three sons, one daughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have uh, the my oldest is ten, the second boy is eight, um, and then my daughter is uh, six, and then the youngest is four. So they're all pretty much like two years apart. And what what's your big noticeable difference between raising boys versus girls? Man, <laughs> I could get in trouble for this one. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, boys, we get in trouble all the time. <laughs> right. I mean, boys is just like you know. Just ah, shake it off. You know, you fall down, shake it off. You, you'll be, you know, my daughter. It's for for to some extent, it's the same thing um, because I try to not um, like. She is my princess and all that. You know what I mean? Like how fathers are with their daughters and stuff. But I try not to go too far down that lane. You know, um, and I try to really be tough with her the way I am with my boys, in the sense of like, oh, shake it off. You're fine. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but girls are, are are definitely more of a challenge in some ways because they are like they're more emotional in certain ways. So some things is just like my wife has to handle that, you know, like because I don't understand what she might be going through, even though she's six and almost seven. That's, there are certain things that happen that I'm just like, yeah, this this might not be the best for me to handle. Like she has to step in for that, you know, so it's definitely a different dynamic. Um, but it's it's all good at the end of the day. Before you, we brought you on, we were talking about the differences, if there's differences on how you would treat sons versus daughters in terms of like the future of them having relationships and first boyfriends, first girlfriends, whatever. Do you think there's a difference in the way you'd approach the boys versus the girl? Man, uh, I think so. I mean, I actually had this conversation with my sons the other day because 
you know, they're eight and 10, which is, which is young. But I think about when I was 10, like fifth grade and like, I already had girls that I was like, you know, scoping out, you know, <laughs> to an extent to like, Oh man, he was making out at first grade. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See that that's terrifying um, yeah. as yeah. a father. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I, you know, to keep it 100, like I knew kids that lost their virginity in like fourth grade and third right. grade. Right. And that's just, that's insane to me. So yeah. Um, and it's scary. And that was back then. That's like late 80s, you know. So think about how crazy it is now social with, media and all that, with yeah. social media and all that stuff. Like what they're exposed to is is it's it's more racy at, at an even younger age. So um, but to get to the question, I mean, I was just having a conversation with my boys the other day about just how you treat girls and women and and that you always treat them with respect and stuff, because I can't remember what we were watching, but uh, it wasn't anything like too crazy. But someone said something rude to a to a female um, in the show and, uh, they started asking questions and stuff. So it kind of opened up, you know, a lot of good conversation, um, kind of like in that realm. Um, but I haven't had to deal with any like boyfriend, girlfriend stuff as of yet. Um, I know they do talk about like girls that they have crushes on and they have like three girlfriends. Uh, you know, my, my 10 year old talks about that. He has three girlfriends and he just means crushes, (laughs) you know? So, um, haven't had to deal with too much of that stuff yet. I think it's kind of dealing with some of that stuff as it comes along, um, you, to an extent. Are, are you fearful or, or like, well, yeah, fearful of when that day comes for your boys versus your girls? Like, are you, is there a difference in your mind? Yeah, like typically us guys are worried about our daughters, you know, and their, their boyfriends and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Ah, uh, man, you know, I think I just I'm learning as I go. And I don't I don't think um, I think there is a little a, a level of fear there. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with like how we're preparing them um, from a young age. Like, I'll be honest, like I had to have like, which, you know, quote unquote, the sex talk with my boys a lot younger than I thought I was going to have to mm-hmm. um, because they were coming home asking questions. And this was a few years ago. They were like they were like six and eight at the time i think it was and i was Mm -hmm. not expecting that i was going to have that kind of a conversation so early but they were just making all these like comments and 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 asking questions i was like well obviously kids in school are talking about these things so i i brought it up to a friend of mine who has boys that are now like uh teenagers and he's like yo i had the conversation with my kids when they're like five and six and i was like nah that's that's crazy like and i was like no and i like refused to believe it but He's like, either you do it or somebody else is going to do yeah. it. So, like, I really learned a lot from that. And, and it just made me realize that our kids know a lot more than we think they know. Yeah, that's true. And, and if we don't, like, nip that stuff in the butt early, like, somebody else is going to do that work. And, like, I don't want, I don't want that to happen, you know. They're going to hear things on their own, and it's up to me and my wife to, like, address that kind of stuff and make sure that um, we're giving them the information that they need so that they can make smart decisions you know that that actually reminds me of something so my 11 year old daughter she comes home from school with like all these what she believes to be facts about random shit not like sex but yeah it could be you know history for instance and she'll kick whatever it is that they spoke about in school like again her friends and then i'll be like yo that's nothing like what really happened and let me explain to you how yeah. it really went down and yeah, yeah. <laughs> And she doesn't believe you, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know what's crazy? Well, I mean, I was like that too, I guess, when I was a kid. But like, I got it. But now we got you know technology at our fingertips. 
So now I go, yeah. I go Google some shit and be like, yo, but check it. Don't listen to me. Look at where it's at. But, but trust that I know what I'm talking about. So in the same vein, you talk about educating your kids at an early, you know, whenever that, that curiosity kind of presents itself, it is your best bet as uncomfortable as it is. Because my wife has had to have conversations about, you know, reproduction, for instance, with my, all of my kids, well, two of the three kids, because my youngest is two years old already and it, you know you you kick it to them in like pseudo layman's terms so they're not super confused but you kind of have to lay that foundation when curiosity strikes and that's all i have to say about that <laughs> <laughs> but but listen um i think the question that i'm trying to figure out is is how you if if we approach boys versus our daughters completely different you know, I only have a daughter, so I'm just I'm asking, you know, whoever has both or, or you know, or how Kay is, hand, you know, is thinking about handling it with his son. Because, you know, typically us men are more brutes than women. I feel like the the mother's probably going to have a, a more balanced approach for either or. Where us guys are going to just be like, you know, like I said, we we know who what we were in teen, in our teenage lives, what, what we yeah. did, you know, how we thought of women and, you know, what might have done. So we're fearful of that. And. It reflects on how we'll probably try to protect our daughter, or, you know, and stuff like that. But maybe with the boys, we'll be like, oh, yeah, go ahead, you know, go do your thing. You know, we won't be as protective. Now, is that right? Is that wrong? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, how do you approach that? <clears throat> I mean, I, I think Juan hit it on the head. And Juan, don't let me speak for you. Like, pr the preparation that you talked about a little while ago with respect to, like, you know, respecting women and that dialogue that you have with your kids, I I'm assuming that's kind of you laying the foundation as to how they should think about you know handling you know relationships and females in general yeah that's exactly it man it, it's just it's laying down that foundation because the questions are going to come and like you just got to pre be prepared for it and they're like this is this is like really a timely conversation to be honest because um just yesterday uh my oldest came home with like this um thing from school where they're going to be having like a uh, sex education talk at his school um in january and like you have to like sign the form and say like if you want your kids to participate in it or whatever and he's like he really is like really wants to participate in it he's he's telling me that he has a lot of questions and i'm like yo you don't have to wait for like some thing formal thing at your school like we're always here to like talk about that stuff and answer those questions but it just goes to show that like there's like a hunger for like that information um so yeah like a, a lot of it is really just education like um, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I had to get so deep as to telling them what sex was like, literally like the act of it when he was like eight or seven, he's like, you did that with mom. Oh, man. <laughs> like it was like, it was that, it was that real because the stuff that he was asking, I was like, I, I can't hold anything back. Uh, I, I mean, you have to have definitely some boundaries and you don't get too, too crazy with it, but like the basic information, um, just has to be presented to them in a way that they can understand so they can use that information, you know? Hey, Juan, did, did, um, did your dad have that talk with you and kind of going into your book a little bit, uh, and this kind of a two prong question. So, so that, and also, you know, mentioning the way you're treating, you know, teaching your sons about respect for women. Um, you know, in your book, you mentioned that you, your dad was, uh, quite a womanizer and, and, you know, that, that type of thing that have a strong influence on how you're teaching your sons about relationships and, and women? 
Yeah, for, from my own dad, I learned everything not to do. Um, so it was it was just that this is the complete reverse. I mean, yeah, like I grew up in a household. It was, my, you know, my father, and my uncles, and it was just like this this the Latin machismo where it was just like men, you know, in a sense like conquering women. You know what I mean? And it was like I saw that stuff from a very young age. I mean, I remember my dad even brought me like on a date one time with a girl because he didn't. He had, it was just me and him, and he, you know, it wasn't supposed to be a situation where I knew he was on a date, but, like, years later, I realized exactly what the setting was, and it was, like, he brought me to, like, a, a bar during the day with, like, some blonde woman, and I'm just, like, I remember that stuff, you know, so, like, as I grew up, I had to make, like, a real conscious effort to not be, um, that type of a person, um, even though, you know, going through a certain period of my life I wanted to be right had friends that had all the girls and they had you know you know all that kind of stuff that you want when you're like in middle school and high school like that braggadocious mentality but like that was never really me necessarily and and not to judge anyone who kind of went through that type of stuff or or was that character at a point in their life I think we all have to go through our own experiences but it's I felt like I had to kind of make a conscious decision early on to kind of not be certain things um, and not to say that I was like this all knowing wise being, but I mean, there was some stuff that I just would not allow myself to do. Um, even stuff like drugs, like I would never go further than smoking weed because I saw what hard drugs did to a family and how it broke down the family structure. So like there was just certain conscious decisions that I made early on that I was not going to cross certain lines. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I learned everything not, um, you not, know, to, not do. to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> I always wonder, because um, you know, to me, it's like a a coin flip, in, in, in you know how I look at things. You you, you grow up, you, you know, you hear this a lot in hip hop, right? Or or I guess not in hip hop particularly, but in in urban settings, the cycle repeats itself, right? And right. whatever that situation might be for for those people, and so in this particular case, um, and you know, we us three, actually all four of us here, have had some sort of like missing father figure to some degree and so you know for me and and the outcome has been pretty positive among us here but it's like a coin flip to me like it could it could easily be a copy paste of whatever you went through magnified in your own you know existence it's like you mentioned you made a conscious effort to go the other way was there ever any conflict in your world where you might have easily fallen into the same cycle that your father kind of perpetuated Oh man, absolutely. Like, um, and I talk about some of this in the book and stuff, but like I, I was in a music group and, um, I I was, you know, full-time touring and this was before I was, I was writing full-time and stuff, but I, my group that I was in at the time, like we got signed, uh, to universal, we were like traveling, touring. And it was just in our group, it was me, my best friend and his wife. So it was like, we were like Latin Fuji's (laughs) as far as like the makeup of the group or whatever. But, um, that, to be honest, like having a female in the group, especially the wife of one of the members, um, worked a lot in our favor, especially in this particular area. Had it been just me and my boy on the road, married, you know what I mean? Right. On the road, just no good at that going point. from city to city, like it could have very easily played out different because at the end of the day, we're all men and temptation is what it is. And, um, it would have not been too far-fetched to say that I could have ended up in a similar situation. 
Um, but yeah, man, I thank God every day that there was a female in our group because she was there to really like intercept when like someone was looking at us in a certain type of way. Um, you know, like a, a man on a platform or a woman on a platform is something to be desired in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, it's attractive and there's an energy to it. You're rocking a concert or whatever it is. Like people are drawn to like that, that magnetism almost, you know? So like there could have been a lot of situations where things would have played out differently. So um, yeah, like there were a lot of situations where, um, I definitely could have fallen into that, but I tried to, I tried to, I tried my best to kind of like turn a blind eye to some of that stuff. If I saw someone looking at me like interested, um, in any way, um, which not, not to say that was often or anything, but like, you know, a couple of times, you know, I know that something could have happened. Um, but I was married and I had like, you know, one or two kids at the time and, yeah, I had to. You have to like flee from those situations and like not put yourself in that in that environment. Yeah. So, so the moral of the story here is: all these dude crews get yourself some females in there, and it'll it'll help things out. <laughs> right. Yes, I think we all probably would have escaped a lot of headaches if we would have yeah, had man, some females absolutely. in the crew. Like that, that's a good balance. Yeah, man. What was so, the name of the group that you were part of? I'll tell you guys off the podcast. Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, okay. Witness protection keep, or something? Keep keeping it low key. <laughs> no, no. I knew that. Was, I knew that y'all were gonna ask that, and okay. I don't mention it in the book also because like, and it's not like for any reason other than just like separating the two the two worlds in a sense. You know, like there's some people that don't mind like, uh, kind of living kind of in the middle of those two things, but because I don't like necessarily do that anymore, like. It's like you want to be, a, I guess, a close, it's a in a sense, chapter. it's like taking, huh? It's a closed chapter, right? Yeah, it is. It's kind of a closed chapter. And it's like, there's there's people that have been like rappers that have like put out books. And it's like, sometimes they're not necessarily taken seriously as writers or as authors um, in a lot of ways. And that's, that's not to say that's the case for everybody. But I've seen that happen. And I like, I would never want that to be a thing necessarily. Um, it might sound weird. It's just like a... It's just like a little quirk, I guess. No, I get it. Yeah, no. It, it makes sense. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen Stranger Things, so I'm not – that doesn't phase us. I don't expect that. Going back quickly to the, the coin flip of, uh, you know, either repeating the cycle or breaking the cycle, a question similar to that is, so if you've got a dad in your life uh, who's, you know, whatever, they're not doing the right thing or they're not so great at being a dad – um, you know, what's, what's better having them in your life and they're kind of, you know, someone you're wishing maybe wasn't in your life or not having a dad present at all. What, what do you guys think is the, is it, that, that's a, yeah, that's a that's, tough one. That is tough, man. I don't know. Why don't we let our guests start and then we can go around the room. Wow. Yeah, that's, um, hmm. that's tough because on one hand, there's a void, and that void could make you go down a certain path um, because you're trying to fill that void um, with other things um, to kind of just kind of like fill that empty space. And then on the on the other side, you're just seeing everything that's wrong about a certain person. So like, I don't know that there's necessarily a right or wrong answer. I think it's just yeah. like it's whatever situation you're, yeah, you find yourself in. Yeah. yeah, like you kind of you figure out a way to navigate that path and make the best of it. Like, um, my, my, my mom got me remarried and my stepdad, uh, is somebody I knew, uh, f since I was like four years old, but my, uh, my young, my, my stepdad's son, he grew up without a mom cause his mom passed away. 
so like we both grew up in some sense without one of the parents there um so i really just think it just depends on kind of the very specific you know the specific situation i don't know if that there's a right or wrong to, yeah, to me agreed it, and i don't think it's i mean this this i think this is a, a saying and it might be super cliche but they say like it's better to know the the evil you know versus the evil you don't know or i i could be yeah. evil could be the wrong term but basically it's saying like the known bad is likely better than the the bad you never knew Right. It's, well, like Juan, in, in in your case, you know, you seeing the things that uh, you that you didn't like that your dad was doing taught you, you know, the the right or at least the path for you that you wanted to take. So you saw the stuff you didn't want to do and made you, you know, taught you what you wanted to do in a sense. So that yeah, was, that, that yeah, was beneficial. I think that, exactly. I think I think things can be taught in you know in the absence of a person as well yeah, as when they're because you. I mean, my father was like he was like a ghost in in the sense that he would kind of like appear one moment and then kind of be gone the next so it's like he was there but he wasn't there you right. know what i mean so it's like it's it's hard to even put him in one category is he a father that was around just you know ruining everything or was he just someone that was just not there at all um or very in a very sparse way and ruining everything you know so he kind of like fit in that middle of like he's like this apparition that just like pops up you know in and out and yeah, every situation, like we said, is different. Like some situations where there's larger families, they might step in these places, you know, where, where there's that absence and that void. And, you yeah. know, and then also the individual child might, you know, it, it might affect them in different ways. One might like in this situation where you see the things you don't want to become, you know, and some might absorb that and become that, you know, like you just never know. It's just it's a crap it's different situation. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Going back into your (laughs) yeah on on a on a on a higher (laughs) note, let's talk a little bit about um, fatherhood and hip hop. So I mean, in your book, you know, you you really tout those two as you know pinnacles for, I guess you know a successful life in 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 your case, correct? Yeah, I would say that the two definitely like converge um, converge in my life in a lot of ways. I mean. Because because I had a, a father that was not around or, or hardly around, it's like I look to these other um, kind of, I guess you can call them even authority figures, even if they weren't necessarily that. It was like these peripheral father figures that I like glean lessons from. They were more like older brothers, if we're being honest, because at this, you know, right, yeah. when I'm like when I'm, in, you know, early 90s listening to Nas, he's only like, you know, not very many years older than me. But it's like you're gleaning these lessons from these people that are on on this pedestal. Um, so I looked to them in, in a sense for like direction and, and, but at the end of the day, I saw like a lot of the braggadocious stuff in hip hop, especially from like a lot of these younger cats was like, it was all like fear. It was like, it was like masking their own like pasts and like insecurities and stuff. Because a lot of my heroes, if you want to call them that really came from similar homes as mine in the sense that they grew up without a parent in the house, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so because I took a lot from hip hop, like the older I got, just the more I saw kind of how these two paths and these two things like just converged a lot in my life because, and now like, I mean, we're part of a generation now just talking about like the rap dad and just the whole idea of a rap dad. Like we're, we're part of a generation now that's um, of parents that are about as old as hip hop itself. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, 
late 30s 40s you know what i mean which is about how old hip-hop is it's like so we're this generation that's now raising kids at a time when hip-hop is the most dominant art form and most dominant you know youth movement in the world not just the not just our country but yeah, like the entire world yeah you know yeah. and i know everybody in this chat i'm sure has been overseas and been to a lot of places and just like the influence that hip-hop has the way that it informs the world at large like it's it's second to none you know um and it's like the people that practice hip-hop you know at least like the old school heads or if you want to call them that that are you know, like Jay-Z and Nas and these people, like, now they're parents, you know? So it's, like, it's inspiring to see the way that they raise their own kids and stuff. And especially with social media and stuff, it's, like, you can't find any interview with, like, someone like Chance the Rapper, who's, like, you know, a younger father, where he doesn't talk about fatherhood. It's, like, this badge of honor now that people are kind of carrying and, and, and waving and stuff like that. So it's really, really dope to see because it's such an influential art form the more that people talk about fatherhood, the more like it opens up these kinds of conversations. So you, you mentioned this in your book um, about RZA, the, the conversation that you had with him, um, especially about fatherhood. But I was curious as to, you know, what a little bit more in the meat of that, that conversation and what it was that really kind of inspired you and put a positive battery in your back after that combo. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so I went down there to do a story um, that I got invited uh, to go to the this place called the Chess House um, at the World Chess Hall of Fame. Um, RZA was going to be there doing like just speaking in schools and like doing school assemblies and going to prisons and stuff. And um, that's kind of what I was there for. <laughs> um, so I did this. I did that story and did everything I needed to do for that. But like while we had kind of time, I guess downtime, like I wanted to talk to him about fatherhood and stuff because I had listened to. Um, I think an interview with him and like Tavis Smiley and he was talking about fatherhood and he has a son named understanding, <laughs> wow. like literally his son's name is understanding. And I thought that was like, <laughs> that was like, that was like the craziest thing to me. Um, and so like I, I brought that up and that I listened to that interview and just started to just talk to him just kind of casually about stuff. And he was just, he was, he was real attentive and he was just like a dope person. Like he's somebody I could just listen to, you know, for like a long time <laughs> just the way that he speaks is just like he sounds just like the way that he raps you know right. um and i just remember just sitting on like a stoop or whatever just like kind of picking his brain and it was just cool to show to to see the way that he showed interest just asking about like what my sons did what my what my daughter did and like what they like to do and it wasn't like an incredibly deep conversation but i think that what affected me the most was that this is like uh, a hero of mine since I was a kid and him showing interest um, in a stranger and in the way that this stranger is raising his kids. Um, I think it just meant a lot. You know what I mean? Like he could have yeah. just easily yeah, definitely. just made gave him, like, yeah, made him human. Right. Exactly. Like, and it yeah. could have gone in a whole other direction that would have been horrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he could have, and he could have just given like these surface answers, but like, he was he was real, like I said, attentive and, and asking questions himself. And I just thought that was real dope. So it wasn't to like make much of a simple conversation, but I think kind of what it did um, kind of below the surface, I think, was what meant more to me than the actual content of that conversation, because it was a real simple conversation, you know? Right. Yeah. So in light of, you know, this whole thing that happened with Drake, where he was allegedly hiding his kid and 
all that stuff that came about. Um, you, you know, you earlier you mentioned like parenting and specifically fatherhood being kind of a badge of honor for a lot of these these folks in the, in the industry now. Um, you see little instances where it's not that right, where it's it might be even considered shameful to some of these folks or or a sign of weakness. Um, it seems like so. What's your take? Because even more recently, and, and Kay, you shared this with us earlier, um, YBN Almighty Jay recently was basically came out and showed it the world. You know, I think it might have been yesterday, today. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He, he got a kid, right? And he's what nineteen years of age now. Yeah. What was interesting about it was that you know, I mean, he did this long video about it on the way to to see his his son, and. Well, it was interesting because he's a, he's a young guy, right? He's 19 and he's talking he's talking that, you know, he was kind of scared about the whole situation and he was trying to keep it under wraps cuz he didn't really know like how people were going to take to it and and that seems kind of foreign to me, but then I guess to like a 19-year-old kid yeah. then, you know, that yeah. that that's a real that's a real thing, right? And then to all of a sudden turn around and make a you know, in his head, think, all right, no, this is a positive thing, and I'm going to be proud of this, and um, that's cool, right? That that's something that's cool. But then the 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 flip side is just the whole social media side of it, and making uh, because you're a public figure, and now you're making right. a public proclamation, and and you know, showing people that you're a parent. It's like you know, I guess some people don't care, but then this whole generation of you know everyone kind of just wanting to know everything about you does care so that's a whole to me that's a, that's, like that's what a whole is or different... isn't exploitation too of of your family right yeah but maybe that's just the world we live in now you know yeah, it is like i have a uh, are you guys familiar with uh lecrae oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he so he's a friend of mine and he uh he, he doesn't post uh pictures of his kids on social media at all and that's because the internet is mean like you know yeah. and it's like you know some people just don't want to expose their kids you know to to certain things and and i can completely understand that like i can't necessarily creep into the mind of a 19 year old that has a kid all of a sudden you know yeah like that's that's something that i i don't understand especially with with a lot of fame like i think that it's easy for a lot of people to kind of sit back and like judge like really 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 famous people mm -hmm. um but you have no idea how you would cope with that level of fame like um just kind of a sidebar but like i see people like criticize like someone like justin bieber a lot for like messing up and doing wild things and stuff like that but right. yo that kid became famous yeah it's when all he was hard. so yeah, young like had i be been famous when i was like 14 15 yo i would have gone absolutely crazy like yeah, yeah. so like when people like pretend to understand that level of fame or what you would do if that kind of temptation like presents itself in your life, yo, like that's just wild to me. So like, I mean, the, the Drake thing like that you brought up, I mean, he says in the line, you know, in the, in the album, like I wasn't hiding right. whatever I was hiding in the world from my kid. And I, I don't, I don't know what the motivation was necessarily, but like, I, I do understand that line. Cause it kind of goes back to what I said about my friend Lecrae is like hiding, hiding the world from your kid because you want to protect them in certain ways. Mm -hmm. Um, especially again with that level of notoriety and with that much attention on you constantly and like everything that you do, people are scrutinizing it. And it's like, if anybody says something about my kids online, like yeah, it's, it's over, like yeah, 
I'm going to jail, you know? So like, why put yourself in that situation? Um, well, it's funny he said about the success. Yeah. I mean, because Jay, in this video, he does, you know, he's talking about it. It's almost like he's talking to himself about just kind of figuring out what, you know, what he's thinking. And he yeah. mentioned, you know, he mentions that that his level of success has come so quickly. And then he's got a kid so quickly on top of that. So that's got to be a lot for a 19-year-old. a lot of man. pressure, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That is, man. I mean, even I, I, I became a dad when I was 24. 24 25 no what was it 26 maybe i don't know what something like that. 19 like yeah yeah i mean i <laughs> especially guess especially like when you're taking off and and you're just yeah. like blowing up you're just getting started like that's 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 something to really like grapple with i think chuck d had his first kid when 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 public enemy was like just really getting big maybe around their first album too like that's a lot to deal with when especially for people that have like a lot of professional ambition. Um, and that was, that's some of the stuff I talk about in the book as well is like balancing, you know, personal responsibility with like professional ambition. And it's like, mm. as a creative, it's, it's a burden to get your work done. You know, yeah. there's like yeah. a lot of Feel guilty. depression and there's suffering involved and you need to like write this or paint this or record this and make this because it's something inside you that's begging to get out. Um, whatever the motivation is, maybe it's yeah. to, to get the respect of your peers, or maybe it's just because of this hunger inside of you to create. Now you balance that with being there for a family and having to provide and being a consistent presence. Like you mix those things together and it's really, really, really difficult. Tough. Yeah. 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 And finding the inspiration to, to be a creative, especially if, if that part of you is what is bringing in the revenue and then yeah. finding that balance. And it, and it, like, like I said, you feel guilty because it's like, you you need to be inspired to create, yeah. But to be inspired, sometimes it, it it takes you to be detached from your family to a degree. Yeah, man. And it's like terrible. It's like you you know any normal human being is gonna feel terrible about that. But it's like how do you know you have to do certain things, right? Yeah, you're, you're your being you're, yeah. yeah you're being selfish in a sense because you have to go inside right. to be to get the well, you know to get creative well, and create right. So we have to be honest with ourselves. This world, the, the this entertainment industry in general is a selfish business you know what i'm saying like oh yeah like in order to to present yourself out there you have to you have to have an ego of some sort well you know big or small yeah. it depends you know obviously the big ones is is where you don't want to go but in order to say to yourself i can i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna put myself in front of a bunch of people confidently you have to feed your ego to believe that you can do that mm-hmm. and you know and all of that is counterintuitive to raising a family and you know like to me yeah. it's like counter that part of your life so it's like such a crazy balance almost like a Jekyll and Hyde thing at, at a point. It really is, yo. You really, you really like it's. You put your, you put not not a mask in the sense of a facade, no. of a facade, yeah. but a mask in the sense like I'm putting my my business hat on and this is my right. family hat. You know, you you become a completely different person. Like hip hop is, it's a blood sport. It's like you know, exactly. People people literally have died like for this stuff. You know, um, and it's all you know predicated on like what this was built on the way that it started and it was a voice for people i didn't have a voice and it was competitive and it very much will always be that so like it does it's not always conducive to like packing a lunch for your kid and dropping them off at <laughs> school and changing diapers like those things are in a lot of ways are like polar opposites you know um but i think that they're 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 merging more and more again to back to what i was saying before about like people like chance the rapper that are 
um, and DJ Khaled and different people that are super um, vocal about themselves as parents and not just fathers, but mothers as well. Right. Um, so it's like these things are like starting to kind of blend in more and more where like the older, the older rappers get, for example, like the more they're talking about like family stuff, you know, right. not every rapper because they're, you know, like Pusha T is not going <laughs> to, you know, talk about like, so that's, well, that's Pusha T did, like, <laughs> did talk about, he, he did mention something about like, yeah. if you're not, if you're not about, if you like, if you're not taking care of your kids and I don't, don't even fuck with him, like, Oh yeah, want you absolutely. Just, yeah. yeah. Like there'll be that stuff, but it's like, he's not going to change his entire persona. Right. Sense. Right. So, like, these things will like blend like more and more as like the people in rap like become parents and get older because like you're not going to talk about certain things forever. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, hip hop is growing up and it's inevitable. It's it's happening. We're all living it, and it we have to take it in a place. That, and I say we as 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 the generation that we're from, living it and working in it. It it our job is to make sure that we help hip hop mature gracefully. Well, I think, and I think to your point, like, I think it's pretty cool that we can see, you know, a young rapper from the young generation, you know, Jay, who's 19. Right. You know, he, he's making, he's making a splash online by being proud of, you know, being, being a dad. So I think that's a, you know, I think, I think that's a sign, uh, a positive sign in the right direction. Which, mind yeah. you, it's different from before because people used to be proud of being dads, but in, in, in the negative sense, like, oh, I got like 10 kids, you know. Right. Ten right. baby mamas, you know. <laughs> that's what that's what we needed to be changed. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I think is the positive side of that. Samari Povich ruined ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> so Juan, this is this is your first book. Are you already thinking about the next one, or like where, where's your head at as far as continuing the down the path of being an author? Yeah. Um... I, I want to like I want to do different things. Um, I I plan to have a, a like a screenplay done by the end of the year, um, nice. and kind of started the second book. Um, kind of still trying to figure out what the second book is going to be. Um, but yeah, man, like I, I I mean like like I imagine you guys are for, you know from what I know about you guys like it's always on to the next thing and it's like always. Uh, um, what am I going to make next? What am I going to build next? And you know and and I found out. And I realized about myself because I've been a writer for a while now, but it's it was always just, you know, a thousand words here, two thousand words. You know, it's shorter things like an 80,000 word book is a completely different thing. But it's it's a marathon that I enjoyed having like a larger goal that I'm running towards. Um, and and I feel like I'm. it's like that first tattoo, like you want to get more now. You know, it's right. It's kind of similar to that. It's like now what what other big project am I going to tackle? Um so yeah, like I'm, I'm still trying to figure out exactly uh, where I'm gonna land next, but um, it's gonna be in a lot of different, different areas. So, yeah, man. Dope. And where? So, Rap Dad is the name of the book. It's available pretty much anywhere books are dope. Books are sold. I'll say. Um, yeah. What? What? Uh, where can people reach you if they want to find out more, or just you know, what? What do you want to plug here as we wrap things up? Yeah, man, just get the book, um, Rap Dad, um, a story of family and the subculture that shaped a generation. Um, but yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. It's Juan Love, I-T-S, Juan Love. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Juan, man, you know, thank you. And uh, we really appreciate the conversation. Um, yo, keep doing your thing, man. And we hope to run into you at some point in the future. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate you guys. It.
Thank, Thank you, man. Really enjoyed it. Appreciate y'all. All right, man. Peace. Peace. Peace.